Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you the individual stories of individuals and organizations that are making a difference in your community. Everyone has a story that is unique, just like their fingerprints that put them on the paths and the journeys of their lives. And some find purpose. Every story can help, heal, inspire, educate, in my one word, is to give hope. Today, we're going to be talking to a lady who was completely changed at a young age based on a tragedy. She found her purpose. Who is she? She is Debbie Love. She's a fourth degree back belt, excuse me, black belt certified karate instructor. She specializes in women's self-defense and recently a bestseller co-author in the book, It's All About Showing Up. Debbie's tragedy was the loss of her cousin, Julie Love, at the age of 27, who was brutally raped and murdered because of a simple mistake. And so today, Debbie's going to talk about what these simple mistakes are that we have been told that possibly could be just a myth. Please help me welcome my guest today, Debbie Love. Welcome, Debbie. Well, hi. It's it's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. I... Um, Coincidentally enough, I just held a my first workshop with um, self-defense with one of my local police officers, and it was a it was a hit. I say a hit because I didn't really feel that there were going to be that many people attend, but they did. And the things I learned really amazed me. And there were some myths in there that I was like, oh, good to know. And as things go on. And I don't want to think there's not going to be any crime. There's always going to be crime, but we also need to be aware. And when we talk about defense, you're going to be talking about the physical defense. He actually, this officer talked about the uh, social media defenses as well. But with your your story, with your cousin, Julie, um, I want you to be able to help other women and young women understand how they can protect themselves about the simple mistake that you just shared. But before I do that, because of who I am and my own story, can I ask you to tell us a little bit about your cousin, Julie? Julie was on her way to success. And uh, she was at the time working at a a preschool, Kaplan, um, the Kaplan Preschool in Atlanta. And she had an aerobics um, program that she was that she had just kind of sold to the the all of Atlanta's school systems. So she was she was well on her way. She had just gotten engaged, and she could not have been happier. So um, what what happened to her? The simple mistake that she made was while she was leaving a networking meeting um, after after working hours. She was low on gas, and she figured she would just deal with it in the morning. Well, she didn't have that chance. She actually ran out of gas. That was her simple mistake. And even though she ran out of gas in one of the wealthiest areas of all of Atlanta, it's called Buckhead, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And um, two gentlemen got her, and that was the last anyone saw of her. Now, she was missing for 13 months. Wow. That was the part that got to me. um, When you're out there searching for a loved one uh, in places that you really don't belong, it can 
it can mess with you. And I was, I was taking sticks and going into ponds and, you know, uh, trying to find a body or, or whatever. And Julie's case became a national story, not just a local story. It was a local story for 13 months, every day, first story out, but it caught on with the national news when the democratic national convention was there. And, um, Julie's face was everywhere on billboards. You couldn't walk three steps without a shop that had her poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, her fiance had been a marketing guru at the Coca-Cola company and marketed her, her image. So have you seen Julie Love was everywhere in Atlanta. And so the, the, the story was huge. Well, 13 months later, uh, this broken and battered woman walked into the police station and said, I know what happened to her. I know what happened to Julie Love. Well, she happened to be in the car with the two men that got her. <gasps> oh, my God. And she had been pistol whipped one too many times by her boyfriend. He happened to be the one that actually um, pulled the trigger. So um, we learned every detail because of this woman. And we don't need to share and, that right now. That we're going to leave her with her her spirit left as as good. We right. don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not. But but the fact is is that in the end, the boy because of this woman, the boyfriend got um, he he was executed by the state of Georgia. His cousin who he was with got uh, life in prison, and she got immunity. Um, and thank God for that. I would love to go back to Atlanta and give her a hug because if it hadn't have been for her, we would have never known what happened to Julie. And also, she was a victim, too. Mm-hmm. She, this guy abused her and victimized her. And it took a lot of guts, a lot of guts for her to go into that police station. That day. Absolutely. He put a bounty on her from jail. And, um, yeah. So... Yeah, it took a lot of guts for her to do what she did, and I so appreciate what she did. Wow. And that is, is it was not right that it happened, but you have a, you have peace where a lot of people don't get that peace. That's right. So to go into what you do, that was where you found, and I mentioned in my intro, you found your purpose, which is self-defense. Tell us more about what you do and how women can learn how to defend themselves. Well, one of the things that I learned, and I think this is the most important part of what I learned, was I started going to self-defense classes. I went to dozens of self-defense classes. And I wasn't, it it wasn't working for me. I wasn't picking anything up. Uh, I wasn't able to do what they were teaching. And they were just shouting out these instructions And my body was not reacting the way they expected it to. My brain wasn't reacting the way they expected it to. Well, you know, I know now why. Men and women don't think alike. No. We don't react alike. When a a man is poked or something, they're going to go into a fighting stance. When a woman is, she's just going to freeze up. Mm -hmm. And so I I, I learned that... um, The the, the two common denominators in every self-defense class well, normally, is they're all martial artists and they're all men. Hmm. So that's when I realized because of the size of my hands, the size of my forearms, from my elbow to my shoulder, everything on me is tiny. 
I'm under five feet tall. I'm a hundred pounds on a good day. So <laughs> why would the stuff they're teaching me work? It, it, it didn't, it couldn't. So when I, when I realized this, I decided to get into martial arts and um, I'd already put my son in it because he had been bullied when we moved here to California and I wanted him to know and I saw his his skills and everything so quickly improve. Uh, I said that, that that's for me. So uh, I bought a gi and started doing it and then I started learning why things weren't working for me. And then again, it was because of my size. It, it, I simply had to tweak some things, and I was my oh. my sensei's my instructors taught me how. And you are you I can see you. You are a small lady. So, with those of us who those of us who cannot see you, how would you help someone be able to understand um, what self defense really is and how they can actually utilize it? Do you have any myths that we need to? Uh, break open because I know I learned a few this weekend such as keys and pepper spray and and safety and lighting and you gave a perfect example with the gas station situation I couldn't tell you how many me last night as a matter of fact I was like you know what I'm not going to the gas station I will do it in the morning because of that scenario and then you just mentioned one so give us some tips that can help the ladies out there understand what self-defense really is and how it will be a benefit to them the, the the main thing with self defense is is your intuition is to trust mm-hmm. your intuition when something doesn't feel right you need to trust it and not second guess it and and act on it for instance again going to a gas station let's say they have a, a new hire at your usual place and it just doesn't feel right to you um, there's something there you go there all the time once a week or whatever. And all of a sudden, you the hairs on the back of your neck stand up the next time you go. Get in your car and, and go to the next gas station. Don't risk it. Um, your, your intuition is only there for good things to, to, to lead you right. So you need to trust that feeling. Um, I've had to learn to do that. Another thing that I do is, um, for instance, um, let's, let's say with keys. We are taught when we are younger. Um, and I'm doing it now, but I know people can't see me, but we were taught to hold our keys between our, our pointer finger and our middle finger and, and, and punch somebody that way. Well, the thing is, is women don't punch and women don't normally kick. So this, this will not work. In fact, you'll probably injure yourself. If you want to hold it, you hold it so that the key sticks out from where your, your pinky is. Um, as if you were almost holding a knife and going to strike down with it. Um, and that way you can swing this key um, or something larger any way that you can swing a tennis racket or a racquetball racket or pickleball nowadays. But yeah. that's, that's very important. Um, having your cell phone, leaving your house without your cell phone is a simple mistake. Don't make that mistake. It is your lifeline. How many people would know phone numbers? And even if you did, where would you find a phone booth? Right. So um, your cell phone being fully charged is is a necessity these days. Um, I, I recommend um, pepper spray for anyone who 
um, knows how to use it, knows that there's a spray, uh, and knows not to use a spray. There's usually they come in a stream. That's what you want. If it's a windy day, put it away because you're probably going to spray yourself. <laughs> uh, and those things can be dangerous at night if you don't, um, if it's not facing in the right direction when you when you spray it, those things can be very, very good because you can get at a distance. I tend to recommend a stun gun. I have these things that look like a little lipstick that you could pull out and somebody I think you're trying to freshen up for them. But it's, it's, um, it's great because the noise in itself will, will cause attention. The last thing that a predator wants is attention drawn to them. That's why they try to go to take you to fringe areas or get you to another place, um, which you never allow yourself to go to a secondary location. Right. You, um, what, what a predator needs is privacy and control. If they have privacy, they've got the control. You don't let them have it. You don't get in a car with a stranger. If you're on a date, take your own car. Um, it, it, you never ever do that and even if you know somebody pretty well but not real well it, i would say don't get in a car with somebody that you don't know extraordinarily well you know debbie it's there was easy there was something that was uh, shared in this uh, workshop that i had this past weekend and that was don't assume that just because someone looks like they're trustworthy that they are because we do have the ted bundys and we have other individuals that are charming looking, can even speak charming. I'm not saying to profile everybody because that's something that we've actually unfortunately had to go through with a different situation in our lives the last couple of uh, years. But um, don't assume, like you said, your intuition, absolutely follow your intuition, but also don't be um, naive that just because someone looks like they're trusting that they, they, they can be trusting. So you have to have those, those boundaries, right? I would like to say one more thing about intuition and that has to do with an elevator. Elevator? Let's say you're waiting for an elevator and it comes, the door opens, there's one man in there, and you start feeling apprehensive. What do you do? Do you let the doors close and let him go on? Or do you get on there? Your intuition is saying, uh-uh, something's not right. Well, people don't want to feel silly, you know, with their intuition, like they're, you know, they're blowing somebody off and that person. Won't or offending die. somebody. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, is, is what is sillier, getting into a soundproof metal steel box uh, with somebody that you already have a fear of and don't trust mm -hmm. or seemingly being rude. Look, you can pick up your cell phone and, and pretend to have a call. Do not get into that soundproof booth with someone under those circumstances. Um, and that that is a perfect example of intuition. Um, you do not you don't not you do not have to have a reason why um, when it when it comes to something like that. Um, and be careful of who's watching you it, it, it's interesting i've seen people not be aware of who's watching them because they're just so into their tunnel vision and let's let's say people are walking um you're walking by yourself or jogging and and you're wearing the earbuds that are so popular these days yes and i've talked to girls about that to take those things out of their ears and they say oh but i only have one in uh, 
one is messing with your intuition. It's messing with your hearing. You can't hear. You need all of your senses. And they will they will argue with me. And the thing is, is if you can't hear, if somebody is following behind you, you won't know it. If somebody comes out of the bushes, you won't know it. Um, and another thing that those earbuds does do is that they that they send a signal to somebody who might be watching you that you can't hear them. I didn't they, think of that. that. That they can come up to you and, and you won't hear a thing. But the most important thing to remember here is less than 20% of the time is it a stranger that is going to attack someone. Over 80% of the time, it's someone you know. It could be somebody at the drugstore who has eyed you. He works in the pharmacy department. He likes your look. And he might follow you. You just don't know. It could be somebody at the grocery store. Um, it could be an acquaintance. It could be a neighbor. So be aware of, um, of the surroundings, everything, mm-hmm. everything around yeah. you, what people are doing. Right. When you walk through a parking lot, if you've got a lot of packages, carry them in your, in your non-dominant hand so that your dominant hand is always free. And if you, the only thing in your hand is your cell phone, I'm looking for my, um, and I haven't left this room. It's not, anyway, your cell phone can serve as a weapon. Bam. You just, if it's in your hand and somebody grabs you, you know what I was just, you know what I learned also now that you said you use the cell phone, you know, these, um, uh, containers, people are like to drink water out of and they, uh, they're, what are these called? The tumblers. There's metal ones. They keep our drinks cool or they keep our drinks hot. It was shared with me that that is a great weapon as well. You're already carrying it in your hand. You can just swing it upside someone's head. It's also been, uh, relayed to me that yes, follow your intuition. You may be in situations where you can't get out of a certain area, but when you're walking an area, like you said, surroundings, be aware of your surroundings, eye contact, you, you need to be acknowledging. So many people are walking around with their faces in their phones or they're not looking at people. It's been that way for a long time. Why people don't look at one another. That is where your guard is completely down. And that is where you're most vulnerable. So I was told, make sure you're looking out at people. And if you see or feel that um, suspicious feeling, give that individual the eye contact. Because now you've let them know, I acknowledge you. Is that right? Right. I, I can identify you. And, and even if someone is walking behind you, you know, that creepy feeling that you get you, you hear the when you turn around and look, make sure you see his face and make sure, you know, you can't make sure he sees, but he will. Um, right. He sees that you've 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 really gotten a good look. And it's simply to to to, um, to put him on notice. What if. We haven't talked about the physical part as much as we did the gadgets and the being the surrounding, be aware of your surroundings. What if someone goes to choke you? Do you have any uh, techniques that you would you could share that if someone wants to put their arm, their hands around your neck or restrain you? Well, if they do it from the front, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I would just be approaching your neck the way we're kind of looking at each other now. Right. Um, and would be going into uh, into the, this notch here. Uh, yes, there are ways. I mean, you can the the your thumbs are your weakest of your of your fingers. 
Um, and if you, you if you can duck up underneath the choke, in other words, your head goes up underneath his arms and around, you're going against these thumbs. Okay. And they can't, they won't be able to hold you. Okay. The other fingers could, but that's not the way he's holding you. Okay. He's holding you and he's relying on those thumbs when he's doing that. And a good way to do it is to literally duck your head up and under and, um, and, and just getting around his arms okay. and then taking off the, um, but another thing that I cover that nobody else does is casual sexual assault. And I hope we can get to that. Yeah. Casual you've got probably about a minute about that one before I ask my final question, but yes, definitely share that. Casual one. sexual assault is those little, little things. It's usually our first experience with sexual assault. Hmm. And it is those dinky little things that happened at family functions or block parties and stuff like that. That's where that that one person who always goes a step too far. Um, either the hug that goes on too long, he he touches your butt or whatever the situation may be. And um, and you don't know what to do. You know, he's going to do it as soon as you approach to, to say hello at a family function, and you know what's going to happen. I have defenses to that, and um, to almost all, you know, anything you can think of, I will come up with a defense. And those, again, those are normally our very first experiences with sexual assault is either a family member or somebody we know well. Mm-hmm. Wow. And these are situations, um, just like I feel, and this is a whole different conversation in itself, is um, we have seen since the uh, the way that education has been put online, that there are not a lot, there are not very many courses that are teaching us uh, survival. And one of them is self-defense and where we've got our teenagers, I wouldn't say they're promiscuous, they just don't understand. And so these are situations that happen. I really wish there was a way, and I think you've worked, you're working on that, is we have someone within the school systems sharing and educating self-defense at a young age because when these girls get older, go to college, then you hear more horrifying moments. And uh, oh, um, <clears throat> no, just just to give you that rape is the is is the absolute most frequent violent crime on college campuses. One in five in those four years. The red zone is the time between orientation and um, Thanksgiving holiday. There's more sexual assaults during that time. Interesting. Those two months than there are throughout the whole year. And that's because you have these fresh-faced freshmen coming in. Um, and, you know, the guys want notches on their belts. And they will do anything to get them. Be careful of those red cups um, yeah. on college campuses with the grain alcohol and the fruit punch. That they, they will take you out. And that gives those boys the opportunity to um, do what they want. Uh, fraternities, gang rape is something that happens all the time. And you, we just have to, have to stop it. You know, it's it needs to stop. And I do believe we need to be in schools. We absolutely do need to be in schools. Um, whether these online courses are still taking place, I don't know. I don't have children in school. 
Um, it needs to be incorporated some way, somehow, or be, be able to have the resources available to them. Like I had my workshop, I had a couple of teenagers that actually attended, which was great to see. And the thing of it is, is, um, I hope that they retain it. If not, then I hope that whomever that brought them will take that next step and take them to an actual event that takes place where they can learn more. Like you just shared, you went and learned more and more and more to be able to do self-defense, not just for yourself, but now you're teaching others, which I think is incredible. Um, (laughs) I would like also for, for people to start talking to the boys. At the same time, the girls learn self-defense. The boys need to learn You're respect right. and, right. and know what they do, what their actions do to the girls. You're right. I mean, their notch on their belt could just have destroyed a girl. Or it could destroy their life. But because they're young and they don't understand their hormones and all the other things that may take place for that, it can destroy their their individual lives, not just the person that they did this with. So you've got two parts. I don't want to make it just a female thing. It's a male thing too, right? Or however you want to look at the negatives on each side, they are individuals. So yeah, they need to be educated too, to say, Hey, there's consequences to these actions. So I agree with you. The men, the boys, young boys need to be educated as well. I wish moms would also talk to their daughters about what to expect. That is a tough um, topic for sure. Mm -hmm. With that, All being said, I really do appreciate you giving me some insight on this, sharing your cousin, Julie. So I do have one final question because you have gone through quite a bit in a short amount of time that didn't happen to you directly. It was more indirect, but the impact you're allowing to change other people's lives and helping them so that there won't be another tragedy in another family that they have to figure out what happened to their loved one. And that question is, what message would you like to leave our listeners based on your journey? Um, Watch out for one another. And the thing is, is if women would step up and help other women, you see somebody struggling with heavy packages, you see somebody um, just whatever the situation you may see another woman in, step up and help. Yeah. Because I do it all the time. I usually get funny looks like, why are you even asking? Mm-hmm. But I keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. A woman is struggling with something. I'm going to be there. And um, because the alternative is maybe somebody who is not trustworthy to step in. Um, and I am. A woman can trust another woman. Um, but a woman, a man approaching a woman could have... Um, the wrong intentions. So trust each other, help each other, and and um, we're all we're all in it together. You bet. Um, I want to stay safe, and I want you all to stay safe as well. And I know if I help you, you won't get hurt. Thank you, Debbie. If anyone should want to reach out to you to learn more about self defense, do you have a website or an email address or contact information you want to share? I have a website. It is with three W's. It's headsupselfdefense.com. Uh, my email is, is Debbie at headsupselfdefense.com. Uh, and um, I, I would love for anybody to call me or I, my phone number. Uh, I'll give it out. No problem. 760-455-8562. And I do want... Uh, I'm going to be doing some some classes online, and I would love to be able to um, provide you the information. Maybe you can provide to some people you know. Um, I do self-defense Sundays. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I do them. I teach you how to use your elbows, your knees. I teach you all the secret stuff. And that's what um, you – I teach women to cheat. So please, come see me. You will learn how to cheat. I've got this nice little bruise here because I was teaching somebody how to cheat, and I was doing it on myself. Um, so this information is found on your website? Um, no, not that – the, about the self-defense, self-defense. Sundays. It so is you can not. send that to me and I'll make sure that it's in the uh, information for sure. Perfect. Thank you again, Debbie, for being my guest today. I do truly appreciate your experience and your uh, desire to help other women not make that simple mistake as your cousin had happened to her. I, I want to thank you for doing this. Um, it's it's very, very important. And, and for having me, I, I feel like I've made a new friend. Oh, <laughs> likewise. So. Um, very nice. Again, thank you so much. You're very welcome. To my listeners, thank you for listening in to yet another incredible story where someone is making a difference because of something that happened in their life in memory of Julie Love for today. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you have an organization making a difference in your community, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com or visit me on my website at www.christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.